Stay tuned to Vinyl Community Podcasts. All right, buddies. Welcome back to Vinyl Community Podcasts. This is Concert Buddy. This is my series where I'm talking to folks in the vinyl community and on YouTube and places here, there, and everywhere. Joined by somebody I've been trying to track down for a hot minute. North of the border, the hey. one and only Steve Westman. How are you doing thank today, you. sir? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me to this. I don't get this is the first time where I'm the on the opposite side of things, so I'm a little nervous. Listen, I'm gonna grill you. I'm gonna grill you like a cheap steak. So just oh get ready, Steve. God. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready no, for anything. Well, thanks no, for inviting me. This is awesome. No, my pleasure, sir. Yeah. Uh, so let's just kind of <laughs> kick it off and just talk about. Yeah. Um, how my how I found you and, and familiar your content and hopefully a lot of the audience watching this and also listen to on the podcast found you and that's on YouTube and you've been doing YouTube if my calculations people okay. are correct you've been doing it for a couple years right so I want to say at least two years I'd have to look back on that where you the history of the about Steve Westman and uh, thing yeah about two years but I got started um, before that not on YouTube but during the pandemic um, I started a Facebook group called it was was once called the MoFi buy and sell audio file member buy. member go. so I started that because you know that's when it was really crazy when you couldn't find vinyl I mean I loved MoFi I've had lots for years I couldn't find anything I hated eBay I still hate eBay I won't buy anything off of eBay it's the biggest ripoff going um, there wasn't any options out there I mean there's other Facebook groups and just didn't have what I was looking for I said hey well there's no MoFi or audio file buy and sell groups let's just start one so I started one my I was the first member my wife was the second and a couple of my friends uh, third and fourth and started slow got some traction over i think it was march of 2020 and i think today i want to say about 9100 members and we have moderators now and i'm sort of hands off with that i don't do as much as i used to but sure. um yeah but it's uh, was quite the quite interesting to really meet a lot of people and that's really how i got my start because i really wanted to uh expand that and i'm like I mean, i'm interested in you know doing youtube stuff and sure. talking about my journey and my experiences with vinyl and i'll be the first to tell you i mean i i say my channel is the audiophile channel but i'm just um i'm looking for the audiophiles to come on my channel i mean that's all that's what i do i'm not i'm not saying that i know any more or less than anyone else and i don't have golden ears or anything like that. I don't think Complete anyone. Complete disclaimer. I don't, everyone I don't, out there I don't think, wants yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone does, and it's funny because I'm actually going to do a show on that. I'm bringing on an audiologist to basically talk about that. About okay. The the myth of a gold of golden ears, and anyways, we'll get into I'll get into that in one of my shows as well. Um, so. I just did it because during the pandemic, there's you know lots lots of more free time being at home, and uh, I, know I wanted to try the YouTube thing out. I'd watched uh, Michael Forty Five. I've been a fan of Mazzy, Melinda Murphy, sure. um, you name it. All those people are like, oh wow, this is great. Or even Mike from the In Group was a big inspiration, watching all his shootout videos as well. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to throw my hat here and do it right. And I, you know, I had a little bit of a base right because I had the MoFi buy and sell, so I would shoot a video and then post it on that. And, I guess a few, two or three people would watch it. I'm not kidding. It didn't. It didn't start off. It started off very slow. I was excited to get to like 100 subscribers. I mean, that's oh, like big move. Yeah. Yeah, it's 100. I'm like, okay. So how do I get from 100 to 500? How's right. that going to look? Scale. But it, again, I, I think this is more. We're talking about today. 
we're trying to appeal to YouTubers as well. Is that part of what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, no, listen, I, it, it's just more of a get to know you because like you said, yeah. like what, what you do on your channel is more of, uh, you talk about your records and we'll get into that in a little bit, but you also yeah, sure. have your round tables where you bring a lot of people together. People who you just had said, self-admittedly, more yeah. subject matter expert, more shmi than, than you attest to. And so. And I just bring in people. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, how does he get all these guests? I mean, I think really what it is, it's relationships. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. So the people that I bring on, I have re I have relationships with every single person. It's not just like I call them up or email them and say, you got to be on my roundtable show. That's not how it works. So it's not it's blackmail or not independently wealthy. I just want to be clear that. I'm not paying anyone. I'm not like that. Right. Uh, what's right. that guy? What's that football ex-football player, um, Pac McPhee or whatever? He's paying like Aaron Rodgers a million dollars. Oh, yeah. That's podcast. crazy. Wow. I mean, I w I'm waiting for my check chance here, a million dollars <laughs> for this podcast. But so, no, none of that. It's really it's and it's funny too it's just about building relationships and getting to know people i'm like hey i got you know i'd love to have you on and sort of that's how it really happens and my first and it's funny my first big break i did video after video and you know you look back at some of these videos i've left them all up the first year sucked i don't care who you are they're yes. they're they're i wouldn't say embarrassing but they're not the greatest for bambi you know legs you got it you, you gotta have them to, to get to where you want to be 100 percent. it's all about experience and growth like life isn't life isn't this and nor is your youtube experience it's going to be all this I mean, you're looking back. I, I, it's a growth. It's an experience, and it's a journey. And I, and I, I want to, sh you know, share that journey by leaving that stuff up there. But thank God, no one watches my my early stuff because <laughs> it's brutal. Well, one thing I want to ask you about the YouTube experience is, uh, you know, you strike me as somebody who's really positive about what you're doing and and the and the content you're putting out there. And I'm sure you can attest, or maybe you can't. Maybe you're in the you're in a golden bubble. But there there are some naysayers, and I, I particularly know this this in what's called the audiophile community because there, there's a lot of opinionated folks, right? So how do you how do you rise above the fray and continue to just kind of be authentic and, and stick true to like making this a, a, an informative experience, yeah. sharing information where you've got a lot of the chatter around you? So I'm a very enthusiastic, positive person. And that's what it is. I, you know, I'm, I'm enthusiastic. I love what I do. It's a great hobby that we're involved in collecting nice. records. Um, you know, you have record collector there. I mean, that's what I am. I mean, this audiophile thing, I think maybe it's not, you know, audiophiles everyone because you love listening to music. If you can listen to music, you're pretty much an audiophile. Nice. And today, all music or all records that are out there are, you know, are produced really well, more or less. I mean, on, on average, they're really good. It's, it's basically, it goes from good, better, 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 you know, even better than the last, you know what I mean? There's no like, oh my God, this is the best, because it's so subjective music, your gear, it depends on your gear. And we've done, I've done shows on this, it depends on your gear, it depends on your mood, it depends on how much booze you're drinking that night, it depends if you've gotten to fight with your wife or your significant other before or after. There's so many factors that go into this, you know, doing blind shootouts, all that. And I get into it, you know, um, what do I call it, perceived bias, where you, know, you have a $150, you know, one step or uh, analog productions UHQR and you're going to shoot it out with four other of your records. Well, nine times out of 10, you're going to say the UHQR is the best because it's, perce it's perceived that right, way based on the fact that you bought it for 150 bucks and you've been watching YouTube and reading all the, the, the forums and, oh my God, you got this is the best record. Well, pretty much that's what's going to happen. So I'm going, you know, if my next shootout will be completely blind and I'm, I'm really, I'm really um, I guess, really really lucky too because I have people that can help me do a really good blind test at the Hi-Fi Center where I do a lot of my shows mm -hmm. one of my sponsors as well so and we got, we got great gear there I got you know, 
I mean, I'm just fortunate and blessed. I got a incredible gear to incredible listening rooms as well. So I got it's 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 a it's nice to basically do it all there. Let's give him a quick plug. Let's talk about the Hi Fi Center for a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the the Hi-Fi Center, that's where I do my, my, I'm sponsored by them. So, I mean, I obviously get to test all their gear, bring it all home, get deals on the gear that I have, that type of thing. So it's been a great relationship there. And another thing, I mean, if you're doing YouTube, it's not like anyone's phoning me up and going, hey, Steve, um, I want you to be, I want you to, you know, come to my store and, and, and show off what I have. I had to go and approach everyone. Everyone, everything I've done, I've approached everyone. It's not like I've, you know, the phone hasn't been ringing. Oh my God, Steve, I, I you know, I want you here. And it's, I wish that'd be amazing. <laughs> and that's the one thing. I mean, I'm, I'm in the, you know, I'm in the film industry as well here in Vancouver. And it's like, you know, you got to go out there and, 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 do it on your own. No one's going to ring that phone for so you. True. You got to basically, you know, you have to deliver something as well. And I tell everyone that too. So I mean, you got to go out there and, and push. And I was a stockbroker for twenty plus years as well. And oh, okay. you know, I started off when I was twenty one years old as a stockbroker. Twenty, yeah, twenty one years ago. Twenty one years old. So that's a long time ago now. I turned fifty in November, and it feels like it was two minutes ago. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> no, so I mean, it was like back then, being a young stockbroker, you had to basically go and find clients. No one was going to come you to you, hunt, because yep. you, you because you can you know you you can basically give them access to the stock market. It's no different if you want it success. You know, success is it's pretty much a common thing in any field. It's just about being proactive, going out there and, and grabbing it, but being enthusiastic and and doing it because you believe in it. And getting back to your question, it's believing. It's I believe in what we're doing here. I believe in vinyl records. I've been collecting since what, 1986, I think was when I bought my first record. I'm sure I've said that story in my shows before. I can get into that, but I mean, that's what it is. It's a love of music. It's pretty much bottom line what it boils down to. No, you're right. You get in what you put in. I 2000% agree with that, but that's a great segue, Steve. This is not really scripted, but you're giving me a great segue point. Talk about your collecting journey. Oh boy. Starting in 1986. Guys, wrote it down. You know what's really, I was just thinking about something before we go forward this is really interesting if i i you know i shaved i shaved the last couple of days but if i didn't and you had taken your taking your cap off listen you, you have a great hairstylist yeah we have look at great. this <laughs> like i mean i've had the same hairstyle and i can tell you since two since it would have been april of 2003 okay well you have me beat on the years and and the hairstyle yeah acceptance now i like a lot of us it's funny we'll get back into the interview in a second it's funny you're talking about this because a co-worker recently approached me and told me a story there's a subreddit called r bald and oh. it's it and it's a lot of guys and you know listen we're a couple follicle challenge guys i'm just calling it out uh who i guess they go to the internet to ask approval and so they'll show their hair and say should i or shouldn't i and if, if you get to that point where you've got to ask random internet strangers if you should be shaving your head at point. I think you've already answered your question. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there you go. You can you know take the cap off and you know, amazing. My my doppelganger, I guess. No. Listen, listen, you got me on age. I got you on pounds. So I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> well, on it. How do you know you haven't met me in person? I mean, come on. But anyways. Uh, good stuff. No. no so right, my so my record go. collecting, I mean, 1986, I was 12 years old. I would have been 13 that year. And I would get an allowance for shoveling snow. I lived in Winnipeg, Manitoba. So if you know where that is, that's in the basically the heart or the middle of Canada. So 40 degrees Fahrenheit, minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit in the winter, which is the same as minus 40 Celsius. That's what we, we have here. It is cold. And that's without a wind chill. So so yeah. it's cold. So I mean, what do you do in the wintertime? You listen to music. 
Um, I did listen to music. I played hockey outside. Did all that stuff. But when you listen to music, you need something to listen to. So I had a, a decent stereo system. My dad had, but he really liked, and I still have a system like a Pioneer. Um, I think it's a Pioneer turntable and amplifier and I've got paradigm speakers that he had in his day a decent system and the speakers I still run for my kids as well um, you know and I needed records for it I mean he had records as well and I was, was happy enough to and glad enough to inherit his collection I've got a crap load in my garage I can't that's the thing I've talked about this before I don't have the space for all this stuff and that's the thing about 45 rpm records all these box sets <laughs> you run out of space I've got that's kids true. running around at home and I'm like I don't know how people do it. it. It amazes me. So I've got a, you know, I the records that I actually play and lo- love and listen to are in my house, and the ones that I have to store are outside in my I have a garage with a carriage house and st- on top. So I mean, I've, I've got room, but I just how can't do you make the cut? It. How do you make the cut? Because it sounds like an A room and a B room. Is there is there room? I've got. Well, I've got in my house. I've got a kid slash vinyl listening room where okay. all my vinyl's been kept with a just a, a basic system with you know because my four-year-old likes records so she's got peppa pig all the stuff and she could i don't <laughs> let her put the record on but it's right. uh what is it a, so i can't remember as a sony um turntable i've had for years we've literally just pressed play and yeah. it just does it all for you. it's it's perfect for kids mm-hmm. you can't screw it up so they have that i've hooked it up some so some paradigm speakers and old cambridge amps so they play the records in there like we got um, what do we got in there olivia rodrigo's been playing we got oh. some lana's always playing in there i mean peppa pig plays once in a while my four-year-old likes lana she likes olivia rodrigo we were listening to uh charlotte um Cardin last night does a song confetti she's a canadian from quebec i mentioned her in my my one of my videos oh. the other day so yeah i mean um so my kids are involved in vinyl i love that and that's because of my love and my passion so i mean if you know it's good to have the family involved i've done i've done blind shootouts with my kids we did a blind shootout of asia as well wow. and it's funny and it's funny and they're all very musical uh, musically inclined and gifted i mean they play piano guitar all that stuff right and it's like they had never listened to asia before and so getting their take on that album hmm. um versus people that have listened to it since 1977 when it came out completely different it's funny interesting interesting yeah so then, so then, in the in the other setup, the off what's called off campus, out of the main living quarters, you said you have records there. Is that is that like your man cave? Is that your? I don't have, and I don't have, and I see all these. I see these guys do their like I I, I will and I will do a um, tour of my my listening rooms. Okay. My wife. The thing is, my wife is a psychologist, so she has an office upstairs in her house where my actual main main gear is. But I never get to, I, you know, I can do it at night and listen, <laughs> listen at night. But it's just when you have all these people in this house, it's, I look at everyone's listening rooms. I see these tours. I wish I had the room for this. And I don't. <laughs> but we make do with what we can. So, yeah, we have two listening rooms, one for the kids and one for my serious listening. But I do not do shootouts in my house just because the acoustics aren't like they are at the Hi-Fi Center. And you've seen, them, you've seen the rooms. I think I've, you, you saw probably some of the tours yep. that I've done of that when Mazzy was here. So when I do my serious shootouts, I haven't done one for a while because I haven't been really that motivated. I'm just going back to, the, I love music. So, I mean, I'm, I'm more motivated just, you know, listening to what I have. And I've gotten a lot more into my original. I have a lot of original Canadian presses these days. So getting back to uh, collecting records since 1986, we didn't answer that. So I was 13 and would take the bus, minus 40 Fahrenheit, cold out, had a $20 bill and I'd go to the different record stores. If anyone knows Winnipeg, there was a one called Records on Wheels was one of my favorite and that's the one i would go to there's another one another one called comic world if you're watching anyone from my hometown and then i'd go to the 
you know, the uh, more, I think, I can't remember the names of them now, but more of the corporate. Uh, did you have like Tower Records? Did you have no, we never, never, we never had Tower Records in, in Canada. So no, definitely not. But anyways, the chain one, Sam's, I think it was like Sam. Sam, 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 wasn't Sam it was Sam the Record Man. That's the one. Oh, it was a Canadian got it, got one. They, they're based out of Toronto. They used to be in Young Street in Toronto. They were huge. So Sam the Record Man. And anyway, a couple of other ones as well. I think there's one called, it was called Discus as well. So close to Discogs, it was called Discus in Canada <laughs> as well. So I'd go to all those ones and buy stuff. But yeah, I'd have a $20 bill. My very first record that I purchased when I was 12 years old was a, um, it was a mono re revolver, but obviously by the Beatles, Canadian edition. I still have it today and it plays great. It doesn't sound as great as my, my 2014 mono box, but not bad. So when it comes to so obviously being in Canada, do you have a natural deferential to want to get the Canadian pressings first, even today? Is it is it like just mm. a natural like countryman kind of thing? Or are you truly at this point, are you looking for top top? Are you looking for like top tier? How does that work? A lot of the Canadian pressings use the same plates as the US pressings or vice versa. So it's not a big deal. I'm finding a lot of those pressings sound great. Um, I mean, the old pressings from the 80s and whatnot you know very thin like 120 gram vinyl and right, stuff right. like that but i mean i've got a lot of the, you know i got pretty, pretty much um all the rush originals from canada and, and you know you name it i've got it thanks to my dad so i like them they sound great i mean in their day that's the way they should have sounded because that's you know what was happening in the day i mean that's yeah, the fm radio and everything so you know when you hear these remixes today the you know the beatles getting remixed or whatever that's trying to capture a new audience today and i respect that i don't necessarily think it's the best um best sounding but i respect what they're trying to do it's a huge huge business right and that's the thing i think we sometimes forget you know analog productions or mofi or any of these people they're out to make money this isn't a this isn't you know it's not a charity this isn't, this isn't pbs television here they're not right. doing they're not doing telephone thons here trying to you know get some money to produce their next record i mean they're here to make money they got to pay the licensing you know and their staff everything and i get all of that so I mean, mm -hmm. I get you know I get you know Mofi I get analog productions where they feel their products the best and I understand why they have to I mean if they didn't um, they won't be selling records so as you know as a consumer I respect that as a YouTuber I love doing reviews and you know today the way records are made and you know um, produced and recorded and mastered and the equipment used most of them sound pretty damn good I mean I don't think many can argue that. True story. Except this poison flesh and blood reissue. Apparently, it sounds terrible. I'm just putting a record out there, dude. Yeah. I, dude, I won't listen to poison. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> it's very polarizing. Now, yeah. um, so going back, you know, when you first started, were there certain genres that you really <laughs> dug into first, or was there yeah. like? Or you well, into, like the Canadian it's artists? Funny. Like, it's funny the because 1986, the Beatles weren't had only been broken up for 16 years. So think about that. I mean, right now, I mean, Nirvana is no longer a band, but they, you know, obviously 19 when did ever Kurt well, it's been 30 Cobain years. Passed. There Kurt you go. That's now. old now. But when I started, 16 years wasn't a lot for the Beatles, and I felt that was old. So I love the classic music. So my dad listened to that. My mom listened. So it was all the classic rock, and we'd have classic rock on the radio in the car. So I knew you name it, it was classic rock is where I started, and then of course. We're talking '86, so yeah, I liked some of the I, soundtracks of the '80s. I bought all the soundtracks, the yes. Top Gun soundtracks. I mean, Sixteen Candles, the Tom, Hugh, John Hughes stuff. My favorite of all time soundtrack is Pretty in Pink, and the reason why, if you if you look at the track listing, it's the most eclectic, um, what ten or twelve tracks you can possibly get on an album. It basically captures and covers really what the the essence of the the, 19, the mid 1980s at that time. So I love it. It brings back so many memories, and that's the thing about vinyl records. 
it's a tangible sort of aspect of it. You get to hold it. You know, and there's liner notes, there's pictures. You don't get that in streaming. And the warmth of analog and everything like that, and just you know, lifting that record, putting it on the turntable, putting the needle down, adjusting, you know, adjusting your amp, that type of thing. That's what I love about collecting records. Hundred percent. Yeah. No soundtracks. I love soundtracks, and and yeah. I don't. You know, when I watch other videos in the community, don't hear a lot about it. I know people collect them too, right? But but yeah. you have the best of both worlds. You have a movies, which I like movies, and I think most people like movies. I think. And then you've got, like you yeah. said, like especially like the John Hughes stuff, or or even like Tarantino. Like a lot of these directors are very intentional with their music choices. It's it's all it's part of how they're telling their stories, right? And uh, and especially like you're talking about the eighties. There are some things that still have never been repressed. Like there's repress labels, Mondo and, and, and Death Waltz and those guys. They're they're doing nice work. However, there's still things like right. 80s and 90s that great great to find. So tip yeah. it home. Yeah. So no, the like, 80s for me is huge because I mean being you know being a a teenager then or just becoming a teenager in 1986 i mean a lot of memories there um you know pretty in pink like i mentioned which of course if you didn't know was mastered by bernie grunman from the original analog tapes i asked him that when i had my uh, when i chatted with him last year whenever that was so and it's not because you're a big fan of ducky right because that's the one with ducky if i you know that do you know that ducky um at the very end of that movie i mean uh her him and her and i guess him and molly ringwald were supposed to actually get yes that, that's get yes that's an urban legend so that was, yeah. no it was not an urban legend and they actually filmed that and they no took kidding. it out they went to they went to um you know they do a lot of screenings right pre prior to the movie coming out and so basically the pre-screen of this one the audience did not like the fact that molly ringwald and ducky ended, the up, actors, together. ended up together so they <laughs> shot another they shot an alternative um scene where it was molly ringwald and um john spader right the actor and or not uh, john spader sorry andrew mccarthy yeah one of the Brat Pack, and it's funny if you watch that, watch that movie. McCarthy's hair is completely—he has a wig on because he had shaved it from another movie. Oh. So he had to come back and film that scene, so his hair is completely different than it was the rest of the movie. So now everyone's going to watch that. But hey. you watch it, listen to the music as well. But Cocktails, another one from Tom Cruise, 1986, 87. Love that. 88. Soundtrack. I think it's an 88. 88 isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Love yeah. that soundtrack. I own that. Top Gun, of course. Um, I probably will do a show on on soundtracks of the 80s. I think that it would interest a lot of people. So yeah, 100%, think about yeah. that. And shout out to John Cryer, Ducky, who is also one of our followingly challenged brethren. He's had to shave his head recently in the last five to ten years. So he has joined us, Steve, on the, the Razor Revolution. I'm just saying it. Anyway. Boom. There you go. <laughs> I noticed right, well, that, yeah. And so is John. So is James Spader as well. He's, yeah, James, James Spader was holding out. He was holding out, but he finally – what was that show? Uh, he was like a, a, a villain, and then he was like helping the police. Yeah, I, yeah so many – He's been on. Well, I mean, I guess it would be Yul Brenner that started the big bald trend years ago, right? He's bald for, you know, bald a long, long time before you and I were born. He said the standard. Well, let's talk about let's talk about uh, you know what you. I wouldn't say your bread and butter, but like you, we said in the open about finding folks in the audio files. Like a lot of your videos, you, you're called the, the audio files, right? And then your audio file yeah. turn uh, roundtable, right? Let's let's yeah. kind of dig in there. I like that the audio file turntable. I'm going to change the name. Um, <laughs> how did I get to that? I going back. I mean, again, I'll, I'll plug another thing. Um, we've got the MoFi buy and sell off Facebook. I also um, started with some other guys from the MoFi group, the Analog Productions um, fan club fan oh. group whatever you call it as well so that's mine as well that is over maybe eight thousand members so i mean it's nice and that's how i hooked up with chad from ap is because of that 
of he's that. in that group. He was in he's that in, group. He's in that group. Wow. He once in a while he'll he'll put in a sneaky little comment to some of those some of those, uh, <laughs> of those of course posts he will. <laughs> once in a while. But that's how I got started. You know, I basically emailed, hey Chad, I got this. We got this group here. You know, I'd love to have you on my show. Here's my show, and you know, that's pretty much how it started. That was, I think I did that one last year. But here's the thing: my very first interview I ever did on YouTube for my channel was with Bernie Gremlin. Talk about, you know, setting the bar high right out of the gate, right? I mean, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, most of us have to work up to it. We don't go right to the Michael Jordans. We we, we have to get like the, the Bill Cartwrights or the John Paxons or those kind, but man, I mean... You, yeah, I went, I went right, to, right, right, first, right out of the gate. So, I mean, the night before, I remember, I was, you know, obviously didn't sleep, had all my questions, and, <laughs> and I made the biggest rookie mistake. I thought it would be really cool to have this um, interview at just literally just right there as a record store that I had. It, I, I went to, and I know the owner. I said, this is what's happening. We're having Bernie on. And he goes, yeah, sure, no problem. And, um, you know, he turned down the music for me. I had, you know, I was in one of the aisles and sort of in the back of the store and everything was going great. And then, you know, probably 25, well, maybe 35 minutes in, he had an internet cable guy come and I guess he didn't realize was he was talking to Bernie. So in the background, you hear him now and then. And it's funny, I still get comments today from that show going, why didn't, you know, Steve, why didn't you find, you know, find a quieter place? You've got the legend on and you got all these people in the background. I'm like, well, I didn't, that's not the way I wanted scripted, right? I mean, again, you, you learn from you these learn. mistakes. So it's like, you know, you're going to learn from the mistake of having me on eventually. So I mean, you learn from all of this. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping when you post this, you get at least 10 views. I mean, that would be amazing. Uh, so we, we'll Okay, we're in the hundreds, sometimes low yeah. thousands. I mean, yeah. we're building, we're building something. I mean, we, I'm sure. I'm sure when you had my buddy Rob the Wax on, that you probably got a lot of views for that one. Rob, Rob, Rob is a very uh, interesting fellow, and as he predicted, it it, it, it opened up a lot of uh, talking. There you go. <laughs> a lot of different directions. Well, Rob and I go back. Him and I, were, I think he was. I was one of his first contacts, um, first sort of really you know contacts in the vinyl community. He had. Um, posted a couple of things on our MoFi buy and sell group that weren't audio file related. So I gave him, I gave him hell for that. Good, and good. Then, you know, then he, we went back and forth through DM and then I'm like, okay, I'll just video. And we just did the video chat and Rob had, I think Rob and I just started to do the YouTube thing together. So I had, you know, touched, you know, I basically picked his brain for a few things in the beginning as well. So, yeah, that's how we got yeah, started. I've heard a couple of people. Arnaldo is another one who said, like, yeah. you're one of his first subscribers, right? So you, there are a lot of folks who are, like, let's call it prevalent in the community or active in the community if it's on the, the morning live stream with Rachel or doing yeah. their own channels or what have you. Yeah. Um, but, but they all seem to kind of point to you about as a source of uh, somebody to really bounce ideas off uh -huh. of and learn from yeah. and that sort of thing. So I think it's pretty cool. That's cool. I like, that's nice. That's nice to hear. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, talking about this, this audio file thing, yeah. um, there, there are a lot of other channels that kind of focus in on like really like tunnel vision. Is there like competition in your mind about these other channels? Do you watch other channels and really get either motivated or I don't want to say offended, but you know what I mean? Like something in your crawl about uh, facts or whatever. How, how do you, how do you, not at all. No, because I think it's about, especially we're getting back a lot of the YouTubers, the vinyl community are going to be watching this. It's about personalities, right? So you're attracted to a personality first and foremost, number one, and then the content after that. So, I mean, you know, I've been doing this long enough that I think I have, I've got it an okay, um, you know, okay content. And I got a few followers now, thank God. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's uh, at the 
this point, it's just a matter of bringing people together. And I do watch other shows. I've watched your, I watched your live stream the other day as well. I watch, I watch them all. I don't necessarily comment on some of the stuff, but um, or say much. I just have it in the background when I'm with yeah. kids or whatever like that. Sure. But yeah, um, and good stuff by the way. I mean, I love all the streams. Yeah. I love, I love, I love you know all the chatter about that. Um, but no, I don't really critique anyone's stuff or oh my god he said this wrong because i mean god i mean watch my stuff i mean i'm a human i make mistakes every day but I, and people call me on it which is funny so i'm like you know spelling mistakes here or you know facts it's funny but that's just i think that's the part of it it's the often it's being it's it's just my authentic self coming out and you know i you know i don't have a lot of time to do this to be honest with you i've got a full-time job right i mean um fun fact here i do have five daughters all together wow my oldest wow. is 20 yeah i know my oldest is 21 now and my youngest my second marriage is going to be four in december so you have that sort of in my house plus going to work full-time and then trying to develop relationships and do all this i i i look at some of these channels but man you guys you guys do so amazing i mean i wish i had more time i really wish i had more time and i mean i definitely want to make more time um hopefully i will because i'd like to you know do two maybe four hours five hours six hours a week type of thing going forward and there's some there's some nights i'm like Okay, everyone's sleeping, so I'll do like a late, late audiophile roundtable show. Have you ever seen those? <laughs> I have. I've had, it's just you in a room, and you're yeah. like, you're, you're looking for viewers. I've, 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 just like you said, I've been in the gallery like creeping because, you know, I'm like, you know, what am I going to say to this? Yeah. So, no, I just, I'll just, I had, you know, because all day I'm thinking about things and you know, read forums. Like, I want to just go out there and, and, and talk about, and what did I do? The late, it was one last week. I did it like on a Monday night, 1130. Like, literally, my house is sleeping and in my office, and I sit in at a desk. I'm like, I'll just do this. And and uh, put up the thumbnail, and I think it was like something to do with the Beatles. It was always fun. Yeah, the Beatles, uh, the blue and white albums that are supposedly supposed to come out in October. Now it could be delayed, according to my sources. But yeah, um, <laughs> but it, could, it will be before Christmas time. But I was told at first October, but we're now mid October, and there's been no sign of them yet. But th that'll be interesting because I, you know, it'll be it'll all be remixed using the Mal software from um, Peter Jackson's team. All you know, separate all the instruments and you know, and Giles mm -hmm. Martin putting them back together to make. Like Mazzy likes to call it the what does he call it the reimagined collection or. <laughs> whatever he calls that again right. for a new audience as well like i was telling you before which is great i like listening to the beatles the old way um the mono way whatever it was first recorded i mean you gotta remember the beatles you know back in the 60s it was mono and they mono would first, only yeah. spend six seven hours basically mixing the uh, stereo stereo version so they weren't taking a lot of time back then to do it up until really i guess it would have been um I want to say let it you know I guess it would be yeah let it be or Abbey Road is when they really went full stereo so before that it was mono when you listen to the radio it was you know that mono sort of sound to it so I mean it's good that they're doing that I'll you know have I I haven't decided to buy the new blue and white when it comes out I'm just curious to know how they're going to package it because they have those three songs from the anthology years right the you mm -hmm. know um, free as a bird and Here's the bird. now and the now and then song which you know is now been AI'd or remixed as well will they include that as you know part of the blue the blue album or it'll be a separate album i think it'll probably now think it'll probably be a separate album from the blue and the red i don't know we'll see well, how listen you know how you know how they do this they're going to have color variants they're going to have alternate covers i mean they're they're going to milk this as much and as the they thing can. is and that's right and and i appreciate that because think about it it's a business and i said that at the top you this did. is a business all the audiophile record labels out there this is a business they're here to make money because the artist is charging them or the record labels charging them that licensing fee to basically go out and sell that record so that's really what what it is and so i 
respect that. So today, um, yeah, records, I, I feel records have always done it really well since I've been, <laughs> been buying them. I think it goes to gear and that's the one thing I've spent at least the last six months or so really saving money by not buying as many of the fancy box sets or um, you know UHQR one steps and just reinvesting that more into you know more into my my gear and that type of thing Fantastic. do you think uh, you know I'm hearing a little bit of chatter here lately and maybe you've heard the same about um, some of the labels trying to push the the, the the elasticity of the pricing particularly some of these these imports that are coming in because like you said like you've got the one steps or you know three digits you've got Chad and, and UHQR is three digits. Do you feel that as the price points continue to escalate that that could potentially backfire in the sense of getting I, more, more people into the hobby? I'll remind everyone. I mean, let's just basic economics here. I mean, in the last five years, we've seen housing prices just escalate and skyrocket. We've seen gasoline prices skyrocket. We've seen food prices skyrocket. So I don't know why everyone's complaining about record prices going up. Everyone has to make money. The people that master it, the people that press it, the people that clean the warehouses have to make a living to basically, mm. you know, buy these houses that have gone up in price. So yeah, that's the way life is. It's going to go up. It's gone up. I mean, you look at the stock market. When I started as a stockbroker, the Dow Jones was at just under 5,000. And we had a big party because it hit 5,000, you know, about, you know, what was that, 1990, whatever that was, in mid-90s. And we're like, okay, maybe it will get to 10,000 in 10 years. And sure enough, what is it today, 32,000? I mean, sure, it's insane sure. what's happened. So when you see things like that, the growth of the economy, you go back to mid-90s where the Dow was at five, it's now at 32. That means prices have gone up. That means everyone is paying more and hopefully making more. But the problem I think we're faced with and where the complaints are is the fact that none of us are making more on average five, 10 years ago in salary or whatever wages, but things have gone up twofold. And I think that's where where it is. So people are complaining about record prices, record prices going up, but there's a cost to everything. Nothing's free. And remember, remember, Right, oil prices are going up. Well, how do you think you make a vinyl record? It's right, oil. right, right. <laughs> That's yep, yep. Okay, that, and then okay, you transport everything. That costs money. Truck drivers need to make a wage. So again, yeah, things will go up. There's no way it's going to be at one twenty-five, one fifty forever. That's just the price of the market. Well, I think there is also to that too. I think there's a romanticism about, particularly people who got back into vinyl. You have the people who, the older people who had it and then they got rid of it, they got into CDs or what have you, they got into streaming. And then they went back and they could go to your thrift stores, they could go to your antique stores and get things for a song. And I think there's that romanticism of, that, that they like that because then they could get their collections back in a way hmm. cheap but now you can't do that it's, it's not well, as easy those places have dried up right well i hear the thing you know record store owners are smart right where are they going to go to price for their records discogs yeah. so i mean you know if you hear of people getting these bargains at these record stores either the record store owner does not know anything about discogs for one or don't care or two it's a lie because i mean pretty <laughs> simple pretty simple punch it in there it is that's the price or pretty much what it should be so you're not seeing you're not going to get these you know oh my god i just you know found a robert ludwig hidden in the good you know the goodwill for two dollars i mean come no, on. Yeah. it doesn't happen those days are over. Right. Yeah. i got a you know yesterday and today beatles butcher cover second state in goodwill for five dollars they had no idea like, <laughs> 
doesn't happen like that. I mean, maybe a hundred years ago, or I'm not joking, but maybe you know, twenty years ago, that's possible. Right. Because no, you know, probably you know, we've really seen a real increase in record sales the last what two three years. I put my bar graphs up on my channel. I mean, especially the last two years, we've seen a huge growth. But still, streaming is insane. I mean, the right. amount, of, and when that's where the industry is, right? And even something called synchronization, there's a huge market for that. It's where where basically movies movies use songs like we talked about soundtracks right. into mm -hmm. their music and that's where artists are making a lot of their money in synchronization licensing fees and that um, is huge for them as well of course TikTok is another way where they're licensing their music so right. there's different streams and sources now so vinyl yeah we've seen a big surge in vinyl but such a small amount relative Compared to everything, everything else. else so it's like mm -hmm. yeah great that's doing well but no it's still it's still got a lot of growth and that's the thing I think these record labels they need to start looking at my kids right and that's what i'm doing promoting um vinyl into basically looking at i mean okay the swifties out there the taylor swifts all you know the lana del rey's that's you know the market for the younger generation and we want to push them towards vinyl and that can only be done by maybe us you know as a father parents that type of thing pushing them towards that i mean it's i still stream as well i'm on the train coming oh, to work same. i'm gonna listen to spotify get it but and also sometimes use spotify to listen to an album before i even buy it Yep. Just to just get an idea of it, right? So I mean, I need that as a, as a reference, but I mean, you know, I love again getting back to teaching my kids. It's tangible having that record, and remember the first time when I bought my first you know, few records, and it was a Revolver record, like I was saying. I don't know if we even finished that story, but um, you know, it was basically wasn't it? It was just basically turn it over, and there was there was you know the the four of them in their sunglasses sitting in the studio, and I would stare at that like this, yeah. And then you turn it over again, the Klaus Vorman cover revolver with the four Beatles faces. And one of them has Ringo hanging off one of their noses. You know that. You know, I love that. I, I love that so much. I remember actually taking that album to uh, my shops class and actually tracing it with tracing paper yeah. and making an actual t-shirt out of it <laughs> i'm so proud of that so yeah, Man, yeah but, re but revolver yeah went a lot to me because in grade eight revolver my music teacher really well, i knew about the beatles before obviously from my parents but revolver really hit home because my music teacher um, we reviewed that album in class listened to it mm -hmm. and um you know tomorrow never knows just blew me away it just still gives me goosebumps today. Just you know, the backwards tapes and you know Ringo's drums and that and everything. Um, I love that. I just love that track. And it just sort of just stops at the very you know the very end. Um, and then you got to go to side two. So Revolver has a lot of memories for me. And to this day, I mean, I probably if I was someone would say, "What's your favorite Beatles album?" It'd be Revolver number one. But sentimental reasons for it, really, because sure. I think all of them are great. And the number two, Abbey Road, again, all because of the memories. And getting back to what I was trying to say about the tangible aspect of vinyl, it's the memories that are created and those memories that I've gotten from these records over the years. I'm with you, and, and people make fun of me, and, and they do it to my face. Thanks, think. But Huey Lewis in the news, same thing. When I was coming up, my mom had that record and played the the tar out of it, and I just loved it. And I still do, right? So, I, so I'm with you. I think that the emotional well, connection to music, I think, is, is it, it can't be understated. And I, I mean, yeah, Huey was great. I mean, mid '80s, he was pretty big. I mean, Back to the Future, that soundtrack was big. Power of Love, if you recall, and he was actually in that movie as one of the teachers. He was, the, he was. With, you know, with, with, with he was, I guess, um, yeah, he was one of the teachers that was uh, talent. Um, he was judging the talent, talent the, 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 the talent judge. That's who exactly he was. That was great. Yeah. Yep, for yeah, for sure.
Well, last thing before we get to the lightning round is uh, we have a lightning round. Oh my god, you're making me nervous. <laughs> no sweat, no sweat. And we did we, hair and makeup. I don't know. Did you go to hair and makeup? No, well, um, obviously. <laughs> no, but uh, going back to you, how you do your your content. How do you? Um, I, I'm, I'm preparation, no doubt. I can just tell by the way you, you hold the round tables and so forth. But how far in advance are you kind of planning out these ideas, okay. making, uh, you know, reaching out to guests like you just had Kevin Gray on again. And I know that was not his first time. I know that was a repeat visit for him. How far in advance are you really thinking of these ideas, these topics? Because obviously some things are very time sensitive. Oh, uh, Atlantic 75 just got announced or whatever. And I know that as somebody who's doing this kind of on my own world too, I know that you got to be flexible and nimble to breaking news. But in terms of preparation and how you choose your guests and your topics, how, how much thought goes into that? Well, because I only get a few hours a week to actually produce content, the rest of the time when I'm commuting on the train, I'm thinking about things mm. and, and talking to people or texting people and, and coming up with ideas and, you know, throwing things back and forth. Like, I mean, so really, um, how much time do I spend outside of actually doing this? Probably to a lot. <laughs> so a lot. So my free time when I'm not at home would be commuting to Vancouver. So my commute's about an hour or so. So I probably, that's fine. Five days a week there's five hours there of me actually thinking about content going through the different Facebook forums I don't really read the Steve Hoffman stuff that often so I don't really get any references from that I mean sure, sure. a lot of viewers that will email me or make comments or text me so I get a lot of ideas from that as well Facebook groups help you see what's posted so you sort of see what's relevant going forward in these in these in these uh, groups so that helps me with ideas as well and then one of my moderators might say hey Steve you should do a video on such and such okay great I mean that's sort of how it goes and then you know here we go we'll do the round table and I got certain you know I love the people that I have on and um, built some really great relationships with them and I think we've sort of gotten to a I think it's it's sort of branded in a way people expected it we do it for what Fridays is the big day that's the Fridays is the big that's show around, yeah 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 that's the big one one o'clock Friday and we do um, I'm doing one well today is what Monday so I'll do one tomorrow but normally do the Monday Monday Friday it just depends on my my schedule it also depends on everyone else's schedule as well that's the thing so now that I know it's and we do we have a set one on the Friday at one one o'clock Pacific everyone sort of knows that now so so is it and, and it, by when this airs this will probably already have happened but I saw a thumbnail for what you've got coming up here shortly you're, I'm assuming you're gonna talk about the Van Halen box set right coming up no no so I just put that one up this that's it see this is the thing that's why you do this I love the fact that you think that so you're like holy crap this is awesome so I mean what we're talking about on Friday is I mean I'm calling it the audio file roundtable super deluxe for the love of the music edition and then the the thumbnail is just a super deluxe box set it happens to be van halen so if you're a van halen fan sweet there oh, you go love it now, i've been around a few years so tell you. <laughs> you know you know and i can appreciate so you know so we'll talk about the love of the music so I mean, a lot of time we we get lost and oh my god um yeah i can really hear the bass on this one it must be you know <laughs> like i get it and i love all that as well but i think that you know really getting back to it and i've mentioned this before you know Kudos to these artists, first of all. I mean, a lot of these artists don't give a shit about how this sounds as much as we do, which is kind of funny, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with Kirsten Edgins, and, you know, Kirsten oh, did the yeah. shapes and sounds. So, you know, I've asked her before. I mean, you know, she loves the sound of her album, but she doesn't critique it the same Obsessive way you and I do it. Right. Like, it's like, I'm like, we've, like, I, her and her husband came to visit me in Vancouver, and we had this conversation at lunch, and I'm like, sitting there going, man, I mean, I, I sort of started laughing at myself, and we, we, um, you watch all these YouTube videos of us doing this because it's completely not what these artists do so i just i had a good chuckle of myself i'm like oh my god yeah that's yeah. funny 
All right, we've done it. Lightning round time. So you got if you got a seatbelt on that seat, Steve, now's the time you want to fasten it because wow. we're gonna hit we're gonna hit you with that. All right, so audio round audio file roundtables or <laughs> just your your interview series. Who is the grail? You know, let's borrow a term from the hobby. Your grail guest. It has to be a living person because yeah. you know, I'm sure some people could say, Oh, I'd like to interview my mom or whoever. Oh, so a grail guest I haven't had on yet? Yes. Who who oh. is who is who's your top top? Interesting. I've never even, that is a good question because I've never even thought about that. I don't even go that far in advance. Okay. I do it I do it more based on, okay, what's going on right now? What will people be interested in coming on to our, coming and watching our show? So, grail guest, I would like to have more actual artists on. How's that? Just sort of a blanket answer. See, I, I would have guessed, and, and tell me if I'm off base here, I would have thought maybe like Robert Ludwig. Would have been somebody like. Well, right let me add, let me stop you there. Yeah, I've actually talked to Robert Ludwig. Him and I went back for one full year, back and forth. Well, once you know, email here, email there, a couple things here or there, and he was re- he was retired now. And right. about a month or so before his retirement, I emailed him again. Hey, Mr. Ludwig, Mr. Ludwig, absolutely. I'm not going to call him Bob. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to have come on this show on my show. I know you're retiring. This would be a great opportunity to really you know rehash your career. We've got you've got a huge fan base here, et cetera, et cetera. And he goes, you know what, Stephen? Thank you so much. I really thought about it, but I'm just not something I'm comfortable in doing. Oh, I'm like uh, so. It's like a tough email it was a tough one i get the, i see the email i'm like you know I, I sort of shake i'm okay click on it read it oh, damn, you know? uh, I, yeah, I thought i was always thinking okay maybe this is the day he's gonna say yes and i'm with you you're, you're gonna get a lot of no's doing this you, you hit it on earlier i don't know something i don't really talk about but i've reached out to a lot of people too and, and no's part of it right but you just got to keep trucking and you got to keep pushing forward and I, I think i didn't finish that as well as getting back to my example of being a young stockbroker in winnipeg it's all about you know, you got to go out there and, and, and um, you know, talk to people. It's no different if you're wanting to establish a YouTube channel. I wouldn't just say you're going to just stream and interview people. I think you need to get more credibility by coming up with your own content first and building on that first. And that's what, if you look back at a lot of us, that's what we did. I mean, I started off for two years, you know, doing some crappy content. I mean, looking back at it now, I mean, you know, sure. I mean, in its day, I was really proud of it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I was really, and I worked hard on it. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was what I, I'm still happy with it. And don't, I'm still happy with it. I'm just making fun of myself a little bit. But I think sometimes, too, we're too hard on ourselves. And, um, you know, you get a lot of viewers that make some interesting comments. I, I get it a lot, too. So, I mean, you guys have drinking games, certain words that I say. They love that. So I say hot. That's a big one. You're, one of your recent videos, you even, you even let off and you're like, we're going to have a drinking game right now. At the amount of times I say and hot. So, so embrace it. it. And then my title, I even put hottest. I mean, that's the part of the drinking game. So I embrace all that. I appreciate it. You engage with your audience that way, and I res- and I really thank you. I thank everyone for for watching that. I mean, obviously they're enjoying it, and I, I I see it as well. And I mean, I don't know. I think I'm at a good point in my life where I understand all that. I could mm-hmm. never imagine doing this as a younger man. Um, I think just the timing of where I am in life and sure. and my experiences has really helped me as well. All right, number two on the lightning round, we got well maybe two and a half. Uh, we. One of your recent videos, you're talking about, like you said, the five hottest, hot, hottest sounding. So yeah. I think I think I know this answer, but Uh-oh. if you if you had a title that has not gotten the quote unquote audiophile treatment, mm. and, you, and you and all the labels were like Steve, okay. Steve, what do you want us to press? What yeah. would that title be? Well, I think if you watched my few videos back, I had a fellow by the name of Patrick Milligan come on the, the uh, roundtable, and uh, he's the A and R for Rhino. 
And I straight out told him, I said, look, here's the idea I have. I think you should come, you should basically get the Rhino Black Sabbath self-titled Mastered by Kevin Gray from the original analog UK tapes. Can you do it? Can you do it? So that's the one I dream of, and I said it in my video. I have the original UK, which sounds great, but right. a Kevin Gray treatment from the analog, the UK analog tapes, Rhino High Fidelity, that would create, I think, the biggest FOMO we've had in years. I would be pre COVID FOMO because it would be only 5,000. So, and, and, and all credit to you. You can call this, I'm going to call it the Westman Cut. Okay, thank you. See Westman. <laughs> well, I've already offered, I've already offered Rhino in my, I've, offered rhino my uk original i'll ship it to kevin for his reference because i know kevin doesn't have that one i want kevin to have that as a reference if he cuts the black sabbath title and so i would love to then be able to do a video saying this is the reference record for It'd be a good video yeah for sure so, all right i think rhino knows let's just put it this way rhino knows it they know it. Kevin Gray has no, you know, no, no authority over it. It's up to Rhino to basically negotiate with um, Ozzy Osbourne and the boys there. And from there, Patrick Milligan can then get the tape and it will be couriered to Kevin. And then hopefully I get a call saying, ship your record, Westman, and we can call it the Westman test, cut. Test, you just you get a test pressing, Steve. That's a, oh, that, would, yeah. that would be the least oh, I could yeah. do for well, it. Obviously, <laughs> I would hope to get one of those. That would be the least I could get, I'd hope. Thank you. Yeah, good idea. All right. Well, you're Canadian. I'm gonna hit you with this because I've seen I've seen the photo on the internet. I did a little you, research. So us Canadians go, "How you doing, eh?" That's us Canadians. <laughs> no, but I would be remiss because I've seen a photo of you and, and the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Yep. Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite NHL team? Well, I'm born and raised in Winnipeg, so it's be the Winnipeg Jets. I my family had season tickets from 1979 until they left and got 96, I think it was. You know, the Tamo Solani team, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I went. I saw Tamo Solani score his 50th goal in Winnipeg when he's a rookie, um, where he got a hat trick in overtime, and he throws this throws the glove up in the air and sort of shoots it with his stick. It's a classic um, replay. So I was at that game. It was the loudest game I've ever been at. Mm, love it, love it. All right, last one. And you kind of touch on this earlier, talking about your kids and and you know being cool to you know like i wouldn't say uh turn them on to new music but show them their your love of physical media and then how it translates to modern sound uh one day hopefully far 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 from now when you leave the celestial plane what happens to your records do, do the kids automatically get first divs what, what does that look like i don't know yet i mean um i don't have any plans of that happened like no one, we never but no one does but i could you know there's a there's a street right there i could walk across and a bus could go and this would be my last video ever i mean that's kind of morbid but that's the, the <laughs> truth and reality of life we don't know we don't know what tomorrow will bring and i'm i'm well aware of that and so that's a good question um probably my wife would then do what she needs to do with them i mean there's i've never really had that we've had the discussion before i mean um i don't really look at it as a monetary thing these records i really don't i look mm -hmm. at more as just they're there for enjoyment um you know if if anyone's basically collecting records to retire off of please don't mm -hmm. i was in the investment business for 20 plus years you get a nice stock portfolio you'll make more money so um, what will it happen? Yeah, if the kids want them, or my wife, my wife would sell them, or you and your you and your you and your buddies will come knocking on my door looking looking. Well, for I know I, I know a it. certain guy in Santa Monica that may be right uh, knocking on that door right away, asking if the estate sale is going on. I won't name him, but you know who it is. <laughs> All right, well, Steve Westman, you've done it. We've done it under the allotted time. I'm really proud of that. I appreciate you joining me for this episode of Vinyl Community Podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. It was a nice one.
And that was another trip around the turntable. Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community Podcasts.